wish to die, please raise their hands. Ready, Eddie. Welcome back to another episode of Nightmares and Chill. Mm-hmm. That's the one. I am your host, Eddie Olivares. And I am the other host, Jennifer Proles. <laughs> and this is the podcast where we take one iconic horror movie and one true crime story and we bring, bring them, them together. together. That was cute. There we go. A little rough, but we got it. It's We're here. Fine. The message it's fine. has People been know spread. what we do. It's true. So we have a lot to discuss tonight. Oh my gosh. A little too much. Should we just like dive right in? Let's just jump right in. Okay. So what movie are you discussing? Okay. So today I am covering probably horror cinemas, one of the most like iconic horror movies um, to date. It is Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. And we are talking about it uh, around the 60th anniversary, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool. 60 years of Psycho, man. Wild. And then later I'll be covering the inspiration for Mr. Norman Bates. Which I had no Ed idea. Gein. Me either. Ed and I Gein. feel fake as hell because like I should know. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, he's a spooky guy. Very disgusting and spooky. Aren't they all? True. Man, yeah. There's... um. So a lot of cool, spooky things going on today. Actually, as we record, it is what would have been Mary Shelley's 223rd birthday. Today? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. You know, Mary Shelley, author of Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Heard she was a real spooky bitch. I like heard a lot of like yeah. things. I don't know if it's true, but like she used to like carry her husband's like heart around. Oh, that's a lot. Or her late husband. I don't know. Cute. So that's cool. So we're Goals. in an extra spooky vibe today. Love that. And then I told Eddie this a few days ago, but Ed Gein's birthday mm-hmm. is August 27th, I yeah, believe. August so 27th. yeah, weird timing all around. It's so crazy. And like we never like we picked this the topic of Psycho because we knew the anniversary was coming up. Right. But we had no idea. Like Jen didn't know that she was going to do her no. topic on Ed Gein's and the fact that his birthday is around the same mm-hmm. time. It's a little crazy. It is. But this always happens to us. Like there's always some kind of weird connection. Yeah. Like um when we recorded our first episode like around that time um scream had just announced that they were gonna make a fourth fifth movie i think fifth, fifth. and everyone was talking about mm-hmm. it and with the conjuring all these like tiktoks yeah of annabelle, annabelle and had stuff. like blew up yeah. um what? that was crazy so much all the time every time there's something but i mean it works for us so how are you feeling today fine fine chilling chilling ready to do this all right well i guess should we just jump into it yeah All right, let's do it. Okay, so there's a lot of backstory with Psycho. I'm not going to go into the full-on details just because it would be like a five-hour episode, and I don't think either of us want that. But let's get into it. So like I said, Psycho came out 60 years ago. Uh, September 8th was when it was released in the United States. 
directed by Alfred Hitchcock, Mm -hmm. who you may know from his other iconic works like Vertigo, Rear Window, The Birds. He's a very spooky man known for all of that stuff. Amongst other things. Amongst many other things. Psycho was uh, notably one of his most popular films. Mm -hmm. It's um, his film that has made the most money out of all of his films that he's made. A lot of trivia too, like Psycho was... um, the last movie that he was nominated for for an Oscar before he um, passed away. Mm-hmm. And little did I know, I did not know this, he has never won an Oscar for oh, directing. Me either. I did not know that. You you know, you hear Alfred of Hitchcock course. and it's like one of the most popular directors in the world. Yes. Wow. I'm shook. So a lot of stuff, a lot of trepidation around this movie to be released. A lot of people didn't want this movie to be released and Paramount didn't want to produce this movie or didn't want to put out this movie because so psycho is based on a book Mm -hmm. robert block yes exactly robert block so it started off as a book and the book was very graphic like the iconic um death scene in the shower is a beheading scene in the book oh wow and so there's a there was a lot of stuff that like paramount was like we don't want to put out this film right and especially around this time it was very difficult to get these kind of movies made even though there was like a a like an audience for it yeah exactly but psycho was the first of like many to like come so it was like the the when the movie came out it wasn't even um there wasn't like a rating system yet what yeah so so no like rated r mm -hmm, so it wasn't declared rated r until the 80s holy shit i know which is crazy but psycho was also the first movie to feature um a toilet what yep cute the first of many so anyway so yeah so psycho has like its own legacy especially when it comes to you know people creating film and there's a lot of like almost like um like folklore around the movie Mm -hmm. you know it has its own like history and would take forever to talk about but anyway it's 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 a fun movie to talk about yeah so again uh this movie is directed by um alfred hitchcock and it stars um anthony perkins as norman bates Mm -hmm. janet lay as marianne crane vera miles as lila crane and john gavin as sam loomis um which is cool because loomis is also the name in like the halloween movies and Mm -hmm. um apparently um john carpenter took that name because of psycho that's cool Okay, so I guess we can just get right into the movie. Psycho's also in black and white, but not because it, it there wasn't color movies at the time. It was because Alfred Hitchcock was finally got the green light to do the movie if he kept it under a million dollars, which is pretty low of a budget, for especially for an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Yeah. But again, they did not want this movie to come out. So they right. were like, okay, so we'll, I think he made it for like $850,000. Wow. And Janet Leigh, who plays Marion, mm-hmm. I think made $25,000 on the oh movie. And Anthony Perkins made $44,000 in the movie. Oh. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But again, that's uh, pretty low, especially, um, Hell yeah. you know, around that time, especially like this was around the same time as like Audrey Hepburn and stuff like that, like stars like that. Like these were. Yeah. And these two actors were pretty big stars. Yeah. So to make a movie that low on a budget. But uh, Janet has come out and said that she just really loved like the source material and really wanted mm. to make a movie and that it just sounded like a fun movie to do. Yeah. And I'm sure it helped launch her daughter's future yes. career, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, ma'am. Scream queen. Mm-hmm. 
which yeah a lot of people uh don't know which is really funny yeah okay so let's get right into it so the movie starts with one of the most iconic movie title cards of all time it's Mm -hmm. like a full like black screen it has like the uh crediting all the cast and crew and in the background is the iconic psycho theme song okay so the opening plays and again the most one of the most iconic scores in not even horror cinema but like film cinema in general like everyone recognizes where that theme song is from so the movie takes place like uh the beginning of the movie says that it takes place in phoenix arizona on friday december 11th 2 43 p.m And the only reason why they have it take place in December is because while they were recording, it was December. And you can see like Christmas decorations like in the background. So he's like, okay, let's just make it December. Yeah. So we're introduced to our main girl, Marion Crane. Mm -hmm. And she has just finished having a little rendezvous with her man. Love that. Sam and like a little hotel room. So a lot of people within like first watch of the film think that these two are having like some like affair because they have a hotel room, but they're actually boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, The only thing is it was a little taboo because Sam was uh, married before and he um, at the time where this is taking place, he's dealing with um, pain for alimony. Okay. For his first um, first wife. Yeah. And so they aren't married because they can't afford to get married because he mm. is pinching pennies trying to pay for this alimony. She doesn't really have like a great paying job either. Mm-hmm. So they have a whole scene where they're talking about how they want to get married, but they just can't afford it. Yeah. And they're kind of living almost like in sin because at this time it was kind of like taboo to, you know, sex before marriage and right. stuff like that. Uh, but Marion is fed up with it. Like she has like this whole scene where she's like, I want more in my life mm-hmm. than this. So we learn that she's uh, an assistant to a real estate agent. And that day her boss gets like a really rich client. He comes in Ooh. and he wants to pay his account with $40,000 cash oh, right that. off the bat. And even then, like even today, that's like a shit ton of money Absolutely. to having cash. So can you imagine back then? That's someone's yearly salary right there. Exactly. So they, um, her boss asks Marion to take the money, to take the cash, um, to the bank so that they can put it into an account Mm -hmm. so that there's just not cash like flying around. Right. So throughout the whole time, she's kind of like fidgety because she's like, okay. So she's like, oh, I'm I'm, going to go home early. She asks her boss if she can go home early because she has a headache Mm -hmm. and uh even the 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 client is like yeah go home early darling like i'm gonna take your your boss to go get drinks afterwards and blah 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 so she's like okay so she puts the cash in an envelope and goes on her merry way and she takes the money and goes home she does not go to the bank Mm -hmm. have you ever stolen anything like that well, not like forty thousand no, dollars cash. Um, what would be something taboo? I'm trying to think. I mean, there is some stuff, but I don't want to say it on the podcast. We can't say it on the podcast. No. Okay. But I mean, you should know where. Oh, gotcha. You okay. Know? Yeah, yeah. But I'm not mm-mm, putting mm-mm. that out there. No. <laughs> but yeah, I think that is the worst. I've never stole like money. Yeah, same. Uh, um, that's I don't know. That's that's a lot. Yeah, that's um, a lot. I stole something from a yard sale once mm-hmm. and it was by accident. Ooh. It was like this little like doll yeah. and like we had already bought a bunch of stuff at the yard sale. And when, like when we left, I realized that I had it in my hand. Mm. I didn't pay for it. Oh, it's okay. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I was so afraid of like stealing. Yeah, same. 
until about like four years ago. Yeah, until like you're like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. I deserve this. <laughs> deserve this $10 thing. So she leaves town. She ends up packing her bag and leaves town to go meet her boyfriend, um, Sam, who I guess lives in Fairville, California. Okay. Which I, I didn't know the, the first couple times watching this movie. So while she's leaving town, she makes, um, oh, and when she's like driving away, she makes eye contacts with her boss. Um, like he's like walking down the street and she Yikes. like, and he like sees her. So that's like a fear of mine calling out sick, but you're not really sick. Yeah. You see your boss somewhere. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Yeah. That's, that would suck. Hell yeah. So she ends up, uh, making the, so from Arizona to California. So it's a pretty long drive or fair, fair. What did I say? Fairville, fair, California. Yeah. Um, she ends up pulling over to the road to get some sleep. And the next day, a police officer finds her and wakes her up from the car. And he starts interrogating her and is like, what are you doing? Like, why are you pulled over? Mm-hmm. And she literally has like no fucking chill. Like, I'm like, girl, get it together. Just be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I was so tired. Yeah. But she's like, did I do something illegal, officer? I'm like, these white people do not know how to act when they get pulled over. But he ends up letting her go. But he's suspicious. He's like, what's, you know, what's this lady doing? So Marion ends up going to a used car dealership and trades her current car for a new one. Oh, love that for her. But the police officer sees her. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, and that's also the other thing, too, that I kind of found, like, confusing, too. Because, like, in the movie, they kind of make it out that she does that to, like, kind of, like, get him off course of her. Right. But then she sees that he sees her. And I'm like, why even go through with it then? Right. But whatevs. Yeah. She got money now. So she's like, I want a new car. She's living. Um, so she ends up continuing her drive and she ends up getting caught in a rainstorm. So that's when she pulls over to the first motel she sees. And what is it? Bates Motel. The iconic mm-hmm. Bates Motel. So she checks in under a different name, and that's when we're introduced to Norman Bates for the first time. Ooh. And let me say, I mean, this might be a little controversial. Oh, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Anthony Perkins' portrayal of Norman Bates is one of the most sexiest things, which maybe I should take the word sexy because he is kind of like very juvenile but I think he is such a little cutie patootie like if he wasn't a murderer I would like that's you love him that's the dream man he's so cute he loves his mama love he loves his mama I love my mama so you know we would be real cute together like that you know you know I I I have worn my mama's clothes a couple times not gonna lie oh (laughs) Put on her wigs. That star jacket. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, I have a really favorite. cute black star jacket that was my mom's from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And Jen always says it's like my little, that's, that's her favorite outfit that I wear. Yes. Whenever Eddie wears that, I'm like, oh. I don't fit into it now, but girl, oh. one day. Dude, that jacket is everything. Everything. Well, I'll make sure to, mom, are you listening? <laughs> She's not. So, yeah, he's just, I think he's so cute. And I he's so, ha- I mean, Anthony Perkins is a handsome yeah, man to begin with. Yeah, I agree. With. 100%. But his portrayal of Norman Bates, I think, is so freaking cute. It's so good. It's like one of those actors where you hate them yeah. for their role, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he like, I mean, this whole movie is so, is very, is acted very well, especially like during this time when like campy acting was like a thing where you mm-hmm. have to like act big, but like yeah. his little like touches, like you're just like, and you catch things, you're like, oh God, that's so scary. Yeah. So he shows her to her room and most importantly, he shows her to the bathroom. Oh. 
and he like leaves the light on for her and he's like this is the bathroom and then he invites her to have dinner with him at his house which he has a so it's a motel it's a 12 room motel Mm -hmm. and then like up a couple i don't know proximity but you know yeah. you walk up some stairs and it leads you to the Bates house yes which is this like victorian looking creepy house obviously you know what the Bates house looks like yes i've seen it in the mm-hmm. flesh and at universal studios california that is still the actual yeah. house that they used to film crazy huh that's so crazy i'm glad someone didn't tear it down that's what i'm saying you know? and like even oh so like you remember when the remake came out with vince vaughn with vince vaughn yes they um they didn't use that house, but they built the house in front of the house because they wanted to make it look more modern. So mm. they built, a, I mean, that movie is atrocious. It's, yeah. which is so funny because it's literally a like scene by scene remake, like the, exactly the same, except for there's a shot of a booty hole in it. There is? Mm-hmm. Wait, when? When she, when she dies. Really? Mm-hmm. The only that. big change in that movie is there's a shot of her booty hole straight up. Oh shit! I don't know why. Oh shit! Literally, I had no mm-hmm. idea. I okay. Yeah. So Easter egg if you watch the remake of the movie. Wow. I don't. I forgot what the actress's name is. Um. I know. I forgot. Shit. <laughs> Wait. Someone look at up. Hache? Yes. At her, right? Yes. It is. Right. Yeah. Anyway, see her booty hole. <laughs> which you don't see any nudity in wow. this psycho yeah yeah and and another change is that um vince vaughn's norman bates ends up masturbating to her which he does in the book because he's very perverted and stuff through a like a people mm-hmm. yes but that i remember in this movie they there's no sign of yeah, like yeah, anything yeah, sexual yeah. wow mm-hmm. okay a little spicy very spicy holy shit so Marion um takes his invitation and is like, Yeah, I'll have I'll have dinner with you. Yeah. And while she's like getting ready, he goes to like go grab like the food from the house mm-hmm. and she hears yelling from outside of her window. And it's like a mm. woman's voice and his voice. Uh-huh. And his mother's like arguing. She's like, You can't have that hussy over for dinner. I know what you're doing, like blah, blah, blah. So he comes back downstairs with some sandwiches that he made. And some milk. And he's like, we can just eat like in my parlor. Sandwiches next to his and office. Milk. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of good. Love that. <laughs> so while she's in there, she notices a bunch of like taxidermied um, animals. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're all birds. Mm-hmm. And that's when he says that that's his uh, hobby. Oh. He likes, he likes taxidermy, but he only stuffs birds, never animals, like cats or dogs. Okay. We stand yes absolutely so they talk for a while it's a really long scene and you learn a lot of like backstory about norman and his mom and the relationship that he has with her and her um it's it's a really good scene like the writing is is really good in this movie top notch and she brings up how kind of rude that his mom was for like yelling at him she's mm-hmm. like if anyone ever yelled at me like that mm-mm. And he gets offended and he's just like, Uh she's harmless. She's just like one of those stuffed things. She couldn't hurt anybody. So foreshadowing. I love it. Here it comes. So she apologizes and they make amends. And then they end up talking about like, you know, like what being a good person is. Yeah. How they both feel stuck in like their world. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't know. It kind of reminded me of like that one conversation you and me had about like, I don't know. We got like on a real deep level once just talking about like how stuck we feel. Oh, and like, I was like, oh God, that was a really sad. (laughs) It was sad, but I was like, okay, Jen and Eddie having a heart to heart. So she ends up making the decision that she's going to go back to Arizona in the morning. And she's like, I've made a mess of some things, but I want to clean them up. Yeah. So she ends up going back into her room and Norman stays in the parlor for a little bit. And again, he's acting a little finicky. Mm -hmm. And that's when we find out that there's a peephole in that room next to the room that he gave Marion the keys to. Mm -hmm. And he ends up watching her like change and strip down. Cochino. Cochino. But he doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's not saying that that's right, but. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I get it. Nasty. But, you know. Have you seen that documentary on Netflix called Voyeur? No, but you talked to me about this. Dude, it's like that. That's so scary. It's wild. That's one of my worst fears. Yeah, it's like that absolutely. there's like a camera in my room and they're watching me cry. I recommend it just to anybody. It's, it's on Netflix? Yeah, Netflix. Voyeur, mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Crazy. And it's about like what? Like people? like people who are like uh, owner of a hotel who had he he had a whole like crawl space for himself so he could spy on his guests in their room um, like through vents right through the vents yeah. yeah and some guests said they would like report hearing things and he's like oh no it's probably just like whatever and it was him spying on them in the showers having sex like anything oh my he, God. yeah so he watches her change and then he returns to the house and they and that's an important thing to know that he goes back to the house. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Marion ends up undressing to take a shower. And this is kind of what I interpreted the scene as she, you know, made the decision that she's not going to steal the money. Yeah. And so she's cleansing away her sins. Okay. This is her, ultimately her last shower. Her yeah. Born again virgin because or right. whatever, you know. If you believe in reincarnation like, or whatever because she immediately dies after the shower yeah okay so she steps into the shower mm-hmm. first and then puts the water on girl that's psycho <laughs> <laughs> like what is you doing yeah you need to get that temperature you right, need honey. to find out what it especially in a motel you don't know that sh- that's not your shower right I, that literally, I was like, oh, maybe she she needed to go. Yeah. Even at a friend's house, you just have to no. ask how the knobs work Mm-mm. or test it out. Yeah, I know. I was like, okay, that's a little crazy. Yeah. So she begins rinsing her body. And while she's like showering, we see like a shadow figure in the back. Mm-hmm. And then the shadow figure opens the curtain and begins stabbing Marion repeatedly. And the figure is of a woman. We see like, you know, a hairdo that's like in a little bun. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're wearing a dress. And they end up stabbing her. And it's the most iconic scene. Like, everyone knows that scene. Of it's parodied a billion times. The music, all of yeah. it. Yeah. So the woman ends up leaving. And Marion collapses to the floor and dies. And then we hear from the house Norman's voice screaming, Oh, my God, mother, no blood, blood. So then he ends up running to Marion's room and immediately is, like, shocked at what he sees mm-hmm. and begins cleaning the bathroom. And he, like, takes the body, puts it in the shower curtain. It's, like, a good, like, almost, like, 15-minute scene of him just cleaning the bathroom. Oh. But the whole time I was kind of like, oh, man. Like, it's so on edge and the music's so good. Yeah. He then uh, clears the room of any trace that she, like, might have, like, left behind Mm -hmm. anything. And Norman puts all her stuff in her car and then drives the car into a lake. So I think it's, like, two days pass. 
and uh, we're introduced to Marion's sister, Lila. And she ends up going to Sam's shop and asks if Marion is with him. And he's like, no. And she's like, okay, well, she's like missing. And then like literally like five seconds later, a private investigator comes in and um, introduces himself and reveals that they're looking for Marion because she's stolen $40,000 and that the, the guy who, whose money it was hired the private investigator and they don't want to get the cops involved. They just want to find her and get back the money and yeah. they won't press charges or anything. Mm-hmm. So they, they're like, okay, let's find her. So the private investigator goes to a bunch of like different hotels and motels to try to find her. And then he ends up at the Bates motel and questions Norman if Marion was there and Norman lies and is like, no. So then, and again, not good liars. These people are not good under pressure. And maybe that means I'm the real psycho because I would have been like, girl, no. Like, yeah, of course she was here, but she left. We had some breakfast. But we had some milk and mm-hmm. sandwiches together. Like, why did he lie about it? I don't know. So he asks if he could see, like, the guest check-in book. Uh-huh. And he's like, yeah, go for it. And he sees that she wrote as uh she checked in as mary samuels and her name is marion crane Mm -hmm. so he's like well he's just like sam is her boyfriend's name so and it's the same like the handwriting matches with the handwriting that we have so he eventually gets norman to confess that she was there Mm -hmm. and the private investigator makes a call to lila and lets her know that she that marion was at the base motel and that he was going to try to talk to the mother that lives in the house to see if she's seen anything oh and that he'll call back in an hour or less once he talks to the mom so the private investigator ends up going inside to snoop inside the house and to find the mom he makes his way up the stairs and is stopped by Mama Bates. And she stabs him multiple times. And he ends up falling down the, the foyer of, like, the room. Mm-hmm. And it's this really funny scene. Like, it's really dramatic. I don't know if you remember it. But it's, like, him falling down the stairs, like, in slow motion. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's so funny. But it's the first jump scare in the movie that actually scared me. Because oh. uh, she comes out of, like, the room. And it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. So he did. R.I.P. So then Sam and Marion get suspicious and they're like, look, like he said that he was going to call. Oh, his name. The private investigator name is Arbogast, by the way. Okay. Love that, Stan. And they're like, look, he said he was going to call like an hour, you know, and he hasn't called yet. Uh So like, obviously something's going on. So Lila is like, you know, this is kind of suspicious. So Sam drives to the Bates Motel and doesn't find Arbogast or Norman. He just sees Norma Bates like sitting in the window. So they finally get go to the police. They go to the sheriff. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, we need to get them involved now. And the sheriff reveals that there is no way that Sam could have seen Mrs. Bates because she died in a murder-suicide 10 years ago. Ooh. And they were like, you know, like maybe you're just, you know, stressed about losing your girlfriend. And, right. And he's just like, there's no way. Like, I saw her. So then it jumps to Norman talking to his mother, and he tells her that he needs to hide her in the cellar for a bit. Because, like, people are going to try and come and, you know, talk to them and stuff like that. So he's like, yeah. I'm just going to hide you in the cellar. And again, it's like Norma Bates' voice. And she talks like this. It's kind of cute. So Sam and Lila end up going to the motel to pretend to be guests so they can start um, searching through all the rooms to see if there's anything left behind that would prove that Marion was there. And... They come up with a plan that Sam will go distract Norman Bates with some conversation and Lila will go inside the house to find the old lady because they're like, there's no, like, 
I know I saw I know what I saw. And right. She's definitely here. And they're like Norman's trying to like hide her so that, you know, he doesn't get like they're suspicious of Norman to begin with. Mm-hmm. And they're like, maybe he like took the money. He found out that like, you know, Marion had the money and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, Norman ends up realizing that Sam is only talking to him. So Lila can like search through the house and he like catches on right away. And he ends up hitting Sam over the head mm-hmm. and causing sure. him down. I know he's a little, he's a little monster. Mm-hmm. So he runs into the house and then we find Lila. She finds like the cellar where Norman Bates or Norma Bates is in. And so she walks in and you see Norma Bates sitting with her back turned to us. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, looks like a little old lady. Right. So she goes up and like touches her shoulder and then it's rev- the chair swings around and it's revealed that Norma Bates is body is um like taken from the grave. Ugh. And it's her like decomposing yeah. corpse that Norman taxidermied. And it's pretty spooky. And she Hell like ends yeah. up screaming. And then Norman comes running in dressed mm-hmm. as Norma Bates and tries to kill her. And he starts yelling, I'm Norma Bates. I'm Norma Bates. And I was like, oh, me on a drunk Saturday. What do you feel about like parents who give their kids names that are close to theirs? Like Norma and Norman Bates. Like, how do you feel about that? Well, like Eric and Erica or something, you know? Um, I personally, well, I'm Eddie and my dad's right. name is Ed. Right. And my grandpa, both of my grandpas are named Eduardo. Mm-hmm. So I can kind of relate to this. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've never met someone who's like, at least like in this, pro- like in this proximity where like a man is named after like a, his mom or yeah. whatever, or like vice versa. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I have, I don't know. I don't know me either. I'm kind of like, I'm also like, as a, like, I mean, no shade to my parents, but like, wouldn't you want to like be creative with like the name of like your kids? Like, I I'm not going to norm that. I'm not going to name my kids Eddie. Yeah. I know. I get it. But whatever. Whatever. True. So. Caitlin had a comment, but. What was Caitlin's comment? So she's saying that she knows somebody <laughs> that is named Ronald because the mom's name is Ronalyn. Oh, okay. So the dad's name is Ronald, Ronald. and the daughter's name is Ronalyn. And then the son's name is Ronald. Oh, and the son's name is Ronald. That's Boris Doris. Boris Doris. That is insane. That's spooky. That's a lot. But I mean, whatever. That's I mean, I guess it's kind of cute. Yeah. And most are like family names, right? Like yours. I do think that Norma and Norman is kind of cute. I don't know. But maybe it's because I'm totally in love with Anthony Perkins. Oh, I forgot about that. But I think that's so cute. But even like in the Bates Motel show. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Uh, Vera Farmiga, girl. Here she comes again. She plays Norma in the show. Did you ever watch Bates Motel? Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. What a great show. I liked it a lot. great television. Yeah. But yeah, I think even then, like, it's kind of cute. Yeah. Like Norma and Norman. Mm. I don't know. They're cute. But I I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Me personally. But anyway. So Sam comes in and stops Norma slash Norman. And this is where it gets a little political. Okay. Because so he's he's I'm going to refer to Norman right now as Norman Bates. Yes. Dressed as Norma. Right. So he stops. He stops Norman from killing Lila. And then he they the cops get involved and they, they take him away. So the next scene is of a psychiatrist explaining what's going on with Norman Bates and basically saying that 
he explains that Norman has been living as both Norma and Norman. Okay. And that it is more, he is more Norma than he is Norman. And when he, his personality like switches, he is completely Norma Bates. Okay. And that that is the dominant personality. Mm -hmm. And that most of the time when like he is Norman, it's only for like a couple hours, but he lives most of his life as Norma. Oh. So is this one of the first transgender characters? I was a little shook. I was like, okay, work. I mean, it it horror does have a history of villainizing transgender people. Mm. And maybe we can talk about that on another episode, but it's 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 gross. Like they do this a lot. Mm-hmm. Like this is always like the reveal. It's like, oh, they were a woman living as a woman yeah. and blah, blah blah or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but this is a little different because it's, it's a whole thing. Right. But technically Norman Bates is Norma Bates. Right. That is what they think they are. It's, it's a whole thing, but the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist explains it a lot better than I ever could. And I was kind of like, okay. And even then in this, watching this movie, they use a lot of like politically incorrect stuff. Like he even... Like when he's talking, one of the cops goes, because he's a transvestite. Oh. I'm like, sir, we don't use that word anymore. Transvestite. But it was, The word is so old school. It is. But it's pretty popular, like with horror, especially Rocky uh, Horror yeah. Picture Show. Yep. That's my first thought. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like a whole thing. So the movie finally ends with Norman Bates in the cell, but the voiceover is of Norma Bates. Okay. And she's like, look at them all looking at me, pitying me. I'm going to show them that I'm a good person, that I would never hurt anybody. And then a fly comes on Norman's hand. She's like, see that fly? I'm not even going to swat it because they're going to say, look at her. She wouldn't even hurt a fly. And then the movie ends. And I'm like, it's such a good movie. It's a great movie. Oh, so good. If you guys haven't watched it in a while, go rewatch it. Hold on. What? Eric, have you seen Psycho? Oh, yeah. He has seen it? Caitlin? Yes, of course. Oh, my God. Wild. No, it's a great movie. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really good. But yeah. Transgender icon, Norma Bates. There's a lot of connections to the case I'm going to cover. I'm so excited. I'm a little shookity. So, like, obviously, I know who Ed Gein is, but I... I, again, I'm not the type of person who goes reading about this stuff. I know that you are, you you know, that's, I, I get too scared. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I'm like desensitized at this right. point. It's just, I love it. I don't know. It's so interesting. I know some people find it kind of morbid and like, ew, how could you like that kind of stuff? But to me, it's, it's well, interesting. I mean, it's, if anything, it's the amount of podcasts that there are about true crime shows that this is a thing Thank that's you. very popular. Yes, thank you for um, saying that. And even then, like, I, you know, I love it. Like, I'm fascinated by it. Like, I love watching, like, anytime, like, Netflix brings out a documentary yeah. about it. But mm-hmm. for me, I'm just so afraid that, like... To dive into it. Yeah. And, like, that's yeah. my biggest fear is, like, you know, people are afraid of, like, zombies or, like, mm-hmm. devil. I'm, like, afraid that, like, a murderer is going to come oh, and kill absolutely. me. Like, that's, you know... It's crazy, yeah. Yeah, I know some people knock it. They think it... Even my parents are like, how can you be into that? I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah. why do you like boats and trucks so much? I don't know. Same thing. <laughs> boats and trucks. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> um, it's funny. My parents don't like, like, horror genre. Like, yeah. they, you know, but they do find, like, my mom loves watching, like, Forensic Files, forensic files and stuff like that. Or Law and Order. They Ooh, fucking girl. love that shit. Mm-hmm. That's Caitlin's shit mm-hmm. right there. Special yeah. Victims Unit. Yeah. Dun, dun. I- 
he knows the thing i love law and order but yeah it's interesting but people you know they'll, they'll have their judgments but it's fine it's fine y'all you Here can judge I am. us it's fine but yeah so i'm excited man so now is the true crime portion Mm-mm. that Eddie is excited for I'm this I'm literally week. so excited. It's very spooky, very, it's a very popular case, but very crucial to the psycho story. Yeah. Okay, so my sources, I always list these, is Wikipedia, Murderpedia, allthingsinteresting.com, and a YouTube channel called Biographic. Love that. Mm-hmm. Also, I guess I forgot to source, but my sources are Wikipedia, um, the Psycho commentary that's available on the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. um, and IMDb. Cute. Okay, so here we go into the world of Mr. Ed Gein, y'all. Ed Gein. So the inspiration behind the character for Norman Bates, which Eddie talked about plenty came from a man named ed gein also known as the butcher of plain fields and the plain field cool oh cute right a little cute mm-hmm. the inspiration behind also behind leatherface oh Buff- buffalo bill from the Science of the lambs and obviously psycho as you mentioned before. oh damn he's popular he's very popular he yeah he is like all over the horror wow. genre mm-hmm. he is notorious for his awful crimes Including murder, body snatching, and so much more. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Now let's get into this this man. Ed Gein was born in 1906. Oh, mm-hmm. old. On August 27th in the state of Wisconsin. Very close to Caitlin's birthday. Oh, yes. Which we, you know, forgot to mention. Yep, it's Caitlin's birthday. birthday. Happy, Happy belated birthday, birthday girl. <laughs> so, born Edward Gein. Ed, sometimes called Eddie. Oh, which we will not call him at all in this okay. episode, <laughs> was the second born to his parents, Augusta and George Gein. Wait, Ag- Augusta is his mother. Okay. George is his dad. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. So George wasn't much of a father. He was an alcoholic and often lost jobs due to his alcohol addiction. George did own a grocery store at one point, but he sold it and used the money to purchase a 155 acre farm for the family to live on. This made the family very isolated from the rest of the people who live in their town. The farm was also in Plainfield, the main, mm-hmm. where his crimes also obviously took place, his, hence his nicknames. Mm-hmm. Augusta, Ed's mother, was a whole other story. Oh, no. Ooh, she plays a big part in this man's life, let me tell you. Love that. Much like Norman Bates. She was convinced that any outsider who would enter their property would be a bad influence on her kids. Um, Ed had a brother as well, Henry. I don't think I mentioned okay. that, but yeah. She was a very religious person and pushed her strong beliefs onto her children, especially her beliefs about women. Oh. Gets a little spicy. Okay. In Augusta's eyes, all women, minus herself, of course, were evil, promiscuous, and were against Christ. Absolutely true. Okay, we're gonna end just the kidding, last you guys. <laughs> also, that they were put on this earth by the devil and were working for the devil. That's kind of true, though. No, are you not working for the devil? No, girl, just me. <laughs> okay caitlin you working for the devil eric's over here nodding his head girl what the hell jennifer wasn't invited to the club so all women were naturally promiscuous in her eyes love that not me because i'm not working for the devil sorry 
Shit, he okay. pays well. He got good benefits. Maybe I should. You know what? We got health insurance. Today's the day. He puts a little, um, he gives us donuts every Wednesday. Oh, sounds like Hardy's your for the devil, though. That sounds like my current <laughs> job. Anyways, so she also told her sons that drinking was evil and created by the devil. I mean, that I truly believe. <laughs> yeah, that's a little. And held daily Bible sessions with them. Love that. Cute. We love religious moms. We love Carrie. Mm. We love her. Butch, the plain, the plano butcher. Yeah. Uh-huh. Baby butcher. Donna. What's her name? Dana. Dana Schlosser. Schlosser. <laughs> we'll go, yeah. go back to episode five her? and find out. Yeah. That was a spicy was that case. episode five? I don't even remember. I don't know. Okay. So she also told her kids they were worthless and meant nothing. Mm. Me when I'm a parent. Ed tried to please his mother, but she would often abuse them in return. She told them they were um, destined to amount to nothing and become alcoholics like their father. That's so sad. That's sad, right? I know. Well, I mean, she probably wasn't wrong. Mm, I'll get into that. Okay. So she only allowed her boys to leave the farm to go to school and obviously to come home from school. But despite this, um, his mother's ways, Ed was very close to his mother and he soon began to almost idolize her. She was like put on this pedestal in his mind. Mm. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, she liked to keep her sons away from outsiders. So whenever Ed tried to make friends, she would punish him. So he wasn't allowed to make friends, socialize. It was seen as a no-no in her eyes. Like nothing. Yeah. So because of this, Ed lacked social skills and had a hard time fitting in at school. Did you know anyone at like school who kind of had like a mom like this where like you couldn't go over to their house or they weren't invited to go to like their like your parties? I want to say yes, but no one's. I had some friends. Yeah, they were these. um, I don't really. Actually, I do remember their name. Clayton and his brother. I forgot what the brother was, but I was friends with Clayton. Mm -hmm. But usually like when we hung out, it was like with his older brother who was like, I think, two years older. Okay. And his mom was like really religious and you guys were evil kids. Yeah. And like she never wanted him to come over and he would always have to like lie about like coming over. No way. Mm-hmm. How sad. And because they he lived down the street. And I remember one time she found out oh yeah and then it, you they were like religious too and i remember he was like uh, he clayton was like oh like we learned a song from church and he's like do you want to hear me sing it oh no and the song was so scary it was like jesus when you kill me or like <gasps> i i swear and like let me go in peace and i was like that is propaganda it was so scary that's... and i was like that's a real and i thought he was like kidding he's like no he's like that's a song he's oh like yeah jesus God. when i die for you know that i'm at ease or whatever yeah okay. that's spooky mm-hmm. that's a lot okay little norman bates and whatever. she he was allowed to come to my birthday party once mm-hmm. but oh. she, and the present that i got was a bunch of socks like cartoon themed socks or just no plain like socks? plain white socks <gasps> wow which now girl i can never find socks did she stay during the party no oh i'm shook okay yeah <gasps> oh wow anyway okay. i thought i'd bring that up that's okay very fitting Okay, so because of his lack of social skills, the kids at school started taking notice and said that Ed had uh, was caught laughing to himself mm-hmm. and he had strange mannerisms. Mm. Okay, so Henry and Ed were all each other had. Henry tried to convince Ed to turn on their mother and not follow her strong beliefs. But at this point, Ed, Ed had already chose to take his mother's side and become the creepiest mama's boy oh, of all no. time. Mm-hmm. So on April 1st, April Fool's Day in 1940. Ten days before my birthday. 
Happy birthday, Eddie. Thank you. <laughs> Ed's father died of heart failure, which was caused oh. by his um, alcoholism. Mm-hmm. He was 66. Pretty oh, young. That's for young. Yeah, that's, that's pretty sad. Um, so it was up to Ed and Henry to get jobs so they could maintain the farm and just overall living expenses. Right. They did work as handymen, and Ed took up a very odd profession. What? He was a babysitter. <gasps> Ew. Mm-hmm. Ed said he liked babysitting because he felt he could relate more to children than adults. Oh, that's so ugly. That's creepy, right? Yeah. Soon after Ed's but father... But honestly, same. Did you hate kids? Yeah, but like, I like the idea of being a kid. Oh. Like like Peter Pan. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. But got I, it. I do hate kids. I don't hate kids. Okay. They're like, just not for you. They, I just I can't see me having them. I understand. I get it. Not everybody. Soon after Ed's father passed away, he started dating a woman who was a a divorced mother of two. Mm -hmm. He made plans to move in with her, um, but Henry was concerned what this would do to his mother, considering their close relationship, you know. So to piss Ed off, Henry would often speak about his mother in a negative way to Ed. With Ed being so close to his mom, he did not take this well. So his brother would try to speak poorly about his mom make her come off as this like evil woman which eh. right but ed was just not having that's my girl we are not going to do this today wow mm-hmm. it's kind of funny actually it kind of sounds that they took a lot of like this into the bates motel show because norman has an older brother mm-hmm. that's introduced in the first episode oh, yeah. and he's very much like anti-norma and like You're the right. dad died and he's just like, mm-hmm. why are you so obsessed with mom? Like, she's like a bad woman and blah, blah, blah. And like, while you're telling me this, I'm like picturing them. That's so, uh, the connections yeah, are Yeah, that's wild. crazy. Yeah. All right. So fast forward to 1944. A brush fire broke out on the farm. Ed was in a state of panic because his brother was missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, an investigation was conducted and Henry was found face down, believed to have died from asphy- asphyxiation. asphyxiation. Excuse me. During the search for his brother, Ed led investigators straight to his brother's body. Oh. So they came to investigate. Ed was like, I don't know where he is, but he walks, walks them straight to his body. What? Mm-hmm. Yes. But they discovered that the ground around his brother's body was not burnt. So the fire never touched that area. Oh, mm-hmm. oh this bitch. Yes. So this led police to be a bit suspicious, as we all are yeah. at this moment. Yeah. Um, what the true cause of his brother's death actually was. First suspicions rose when Ed led police straight to the brother's body. At first saying he couldn't find him, like I said earlier. Second, the state of the ground also, like I said, there was no fire touched. It was just like you threw the body there, you know. Right. Third, there was bruises and wounds on the back of his brother's head as if he was hit by an object. Hence why he was also face down too. Right. Yeah. So despite all this evidence, Ed was never viewed as a suspect in his brother's death. Wow. Mm -hmm. Why not just throw the body in the fire? I don't know. Right? And like, oh, he must have got yeah, caught in the fire. Yeah, he got in fire and burned himself to exactly. death. Exactly. Murderers, take note. Oh, no. <laughs> Just kidding. Police dismissed the possibility of foul play and the coroner settled on asphyxiation as the cause of the death for Henry. Some investigators stood by their opinion that Ed did, in fact, kill his right. brother. All right. So after his brother's death... It was just Ed and his mama living on that farm. I'm sure he you was in heaven. 
So they lived alone from on the farm from 1944 to the end of 1945, not talking to anyone, but this just constantly fueled the fire in their toxic relationship. Just the two of them alone? Could you imagine what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. The only person they saw was a man named Smith who they purchased um, straw from. Now, this next part is a little hard to hear. It involves animals. So if you don't want to listen, fast forward a little bit. I got to go. Yeah, you're not going to like it. When they were walking up to Smith, Smith was seen beating a dog to death. Oh, man. I know. And a woman on site was begging him to stop, as any of us in this fucking room would. Ed's mother was very upset at this sight. But not at the sight of the poor dog. But that Smith was with, was with the woman that was not his wife. <laughs> That's what pissed her off in this scenario. Bitch, read the room. Mm-hmm. But the very next year, or that year, sorry, in December, his mother passed away after she had a stroke. We're devastated. Anyways, to preserve so her sad. memory and keep a part of her with him, Ed went to his mother's room and sealed, sealed it off to preserve it exactly how she had last oh. left the room. Gross. Mm-hmm. He also boarded up to other rooms in the house, and this is where his spiral began. So let's all buckle up, sweetie pies. It gets a little rough in this case. It's very interesting, but oh my god. So in the year 1946, Ed grew a strong interest in horror novels, death magazines, murder stories, and pornography, and a book about experiments on female anatomy. Uh. With all this reading, he began to teach himself taxidermy. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. So in order to practice taxidermy, he needed something to practice on, right? Okay, the average person they practice on mice maybe like a dead bird there's like places you can go for that you know yeah but not ed of course not Mm -mm. ed made a trip to the plainfield cemetery and started grave robbing the graves of women oh my god Mm -hmm. he would remove their genitals (gasps) hearts their heads and other organs before returning them back to their graves oh well at least he brought them back you know i guess it is estimated that he robbed 40 graves. Jesus. And they were all like just like freshly buried women. That's all a women. lot of work Hell to like yeah, dig dude. those up. Hell yeah. Probably got strong arms. <laughs> Lynn- <laughs> <laughs> oh, a <God>. joke. <laughs> okay. Even though he tried to play it off like it was a thing he did here and there a few times, he, it was. Wait, he played great. it off as a joke? No, like like he did it like once or twice. Oh, you know. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But it was forty times Jesus. estimated. Eventually, Ed stopped returning the bodies oh. to the graves. See, that's where you go. That's where you fuck up. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. You're very right. You'll find out mm-hmm. soon. He would store them in his home and continue to practice taxidermy on them. Damn. He's a little nasty. That's disgusting. So despite his disturbing hobby, Ed still took work as a handyman and protected himself as if nothing was going on in his home. So he played it off. He was just going home at night, you know, kicking back, whatever. Mm -hmm. Ed would often gift his customers meat that he claimed was venison. But some people believe it may have been human Human meat. Human meat. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. In 1954, Ed committed his first murder. This is the first murder that Ed was convicted of, but it is unsure how many people Ed He's, actually he killed beforehand. Yes, yeah, did is... kill. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. He was linked to a lot of missing people, but wasn't convicted of all their murders. December 8th, 1954, his first victim was Mary Hogan, a owner of a tavern. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mary, so. Marion. Oh. I didn't even realize that. Spooky. Gein drove 10 miles to a town called Pine Grove where Mary's tavern was located. He walked in. He shot her. Oh, shit. Dragged her body out of the bar to transport her back to his um, farm where he would then chop her body up with an axe. Oh. Mm-hmm. So not only did he chop her body up, but Ed did something else to her body parts. He fucked her. Mm-mm. Oh, thank you. He turned them into pieces of furniture. Oh my God! Mm. Look, we'll we'll come back to that later. Don't worry; it gets a little rough. I have a list of items that he made, so we'll we'll get to that in detail. Now, on November sixteenth, nineteen fifty-seven, when a woman named Bernice Warden, a hardware store owner, both owners, why is he going after these like business women? I like, know. What, what are we doing? Um, when she disappeared, police were quick to look into Gein because he was one of the last people to see her. They know this because Gein was in her store the night before her disappearance, purchasing a gallon of antifreeze. He said he'd be back in the morning to pick it up. The next morning, a receipt written by Bernice was found, and it was for Ed's um, purchase, mm-hmm. making him her last customer before her disappearance slash murder. Bernice's son was also in the store the day before his mom disappeared and noticed Ed was there. He knew him as a town creep and also kept a close eye on him. Her son also found a trail of blood leading outside, saw that Ed was in fact the last customer, put two and two together, and he called the police eight hours after his mother was disappeared slash murdered. Right. How sad. How fucking sad. And knowing that this guy was in the store, you know, and like, yeah. Can't even think about it. Poor kid. Yeah. So police arrested Gein outside of a grocery store. Gein acted confused, and the search by the police of Gein's house was next on the agenda. Oh shit! You guys, find some shit. This home, disgusting. Police searched his farm, where they did find Bernice's body hanging in a shed upside down. People described her body like that of a deer who had just been hung after oh a kill. My God, Isn't that sad? So scary. It was said that like her stomach was cut to so all her intestines, you know, like yeah. a deer. we've all seen it in the movies. Yeah, a deer yeah exactly. After, yeah. Just like that. Oh my God. So sad. So inside his home, police discovered much more evidence that confirmed their suspicions that Gein was responsible for many disappearances of women in their town. Um, His home was disgusting, as you could imagine. Flies everywhere feeding off the flesh in his home. And on the stove were some organs in a pan. There was a heart that belonged to Bernice that Ed was going to cook. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Damn, he did not, you know, waste these bodies. Isn't this wild? This is disgusting. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to make some furniture out Mm -hmm. of it. I'm going to make it a decoration. Mm Mm-hmm. Inside the fridge, there were more organs discovered by the police. Oh, my God. So here is the list of what they found in the home. Are you ready? I'm Go for it. Okay. Skulls turned into soup bowls. Oh, my. Michael's could never. Michael's could never. Home sweet. goods is quaking. Yes. Okay. That's just the beginning, sweetheart. 
How did he do that? It's like cut off the tops. Damn, he got a sharp knife. Mm-hmm. Four noses, human bones intact. Ten female heads hung on the walls, like how a hunter would. Ten. Hang. Yeah, ten female heads, like how a hunter would hang their animals they've killed. That's how oh. he hung the woman's heads. Oh my god. Uh, Mary Hogan, the tavern owner, her head was found in a paper bag. Bernice Warden's head was found in a burlap sack. Skulls on his bedposts. Again, Michaels could never. A lampshade made from skin from someone's face. Oh my god. This one got me. I don't know. A pair of lips used as a drawstring for a pair of blinds. <laughs> yep. She I'm fucking shook. Organs in his fridge, as I already mentioned. A belt made from human nipples. A phrase I thought I would never say. Oh my god. Human skin as seat covers. A young girl's dress. A mask made from a human face and fingernails from female fingers. Ooh. Oh, and leggings made from human skin and a corset made from a female's torso. Damn. Well, he creative. Give Isn't him that. that wild? What the wild. fuck? That doesn't even sound real. Right? That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gein also made a jacket that had breasts attached to it that he would wear at night and dance in, also while wearing a mask made from a woman's face. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. He later told police that he wanted to secretly be a woman, specifically his mother. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. It was also discovered that the woman's body he stole were often overweight middle-aged women who resembled his mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mary and Bernice were said to have a strong resemblance to his mother. Oh, that's so ugly. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. I know. Gein was arrested on November 17th, 1957. Gein admitted that Bernice's head was going to be used as a future decoration for his home. Jesus. Mm-hmm. He loved the theme. He sure he said Halloween all the time. He said 24-7, baby. He did. All the items were photographed for evidence, but were, but were properly destroyed after. Which I thought they always kept. Evidence. I know. I was yeah. So you can't find like these pictures anywhere. I mean, not that you know who would I want wouldn't to. want to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so when asked by police how many victims there were, Gein couldn't give them a clear answer. But once police investigated all the local cemeteries, they discovered all the empty graves and connected Gein to them. Gein became a household name overnight. People in America were intrigued by his story and would drive to sites in their towns to get a glimpse of where this man would roam in the city. Right? Wild. The media also helped make his name known. In In the same year of his arrest, Life magazine featured his home on the cover. Oh my God, Life? Mm-hmm. The title of the article was House of Horror Stuns the Nation. Okay, work. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not wrong. Right. It's not clickbait. It, it's not. It sure is not. But house of four that's just mm. it's it's kind of crazy like even back then i mean especially now we commercialize off of of course you know real life Mm -hmm. really tragic events and i know that all of us especially like in the horror community and stuff like that we obviously do have a fascination with like these real life murders and yeah but i think there is also like we've again you've even talked about it earlier about how desensitized we are to yeah these are real life people and Mm -hmm. like these people with real families Mm -hmm. that we just, you know, even going to like real 
landmarks of like murderers are you know we've done it you know yeah and, there's but, like a, there's a um they're in departed tour in hollywood yeah that exactly. shows you all these famous murder scenes and, and it's, stuff it's, it's kind of crazy it's like when crazy. you actually like sit back and think about it and be like oh yeah and the fact that like these murders they overshadow their victims like a lot exactly. of the time exactly I, I never know the names of oh, the victims right, right but you know ed gein but you, mary mm-hmm. hogan you never heard mm-hmm. of her or you know like it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy it's sad the youtube video i watched actually at the end he kind of had a little part where he mentioned how like the word celebrity is how it's used and how he said the same thing he was like look you've heard of ed gein but his victims you don't know their names and he kind of like it was kind of interesting he kind of said like maybe we should take a step back and see how we kind of look at these people absolutely you know yeah and it's i think there's like a fine balance between i mean sometimes i mean we've talked about this numerous times but like how people will like wear merch with like serial killers uh, which i think is disgusting gross yeah i understand buying a book to learn about yeah of course and you know even listening to like numerous podcasts and stuff like that like that but but we're not gonna wear ed gein shirt right you know you know to like you know buy stuff like that it's just mind-boggling to me i i agree 100 with you i think it's so bizarre it's just i don't know they commit these disgusting acts they take people's lives and people think it's cool and they think it's like it's interesting obviously i I know i talk about it weekly with eddie and stuff but i'm not gonna go fucking like parading around saying that charles manson is a god or like ed gein is oh my god what he did was so fucking cool it's not it's disgusting well like even like a couple times like i mean not to expose us, but like sometimes after we record, we'll go like on Omegle and like try and get people to like listen to our podcast. Yeah. And how many times have we run into like that Richard Ramirez kid? Yeah. There's like this kid yeah. on Omegle who like claims that he's like, and it's just like, damn, like it's so, um, you know, synonymous with mm-hmm. just celebrity, yeah. you know? Yep. It's wild. <sighs> yeah. Anyways, back to this, but yeah, it's crazy. Um, on November 21st, his court hearing began. Ed Gein pleaded not guilty by a reason of insanity. The state agreed with him, and in January 1958, Gein was deemed mentally unfit to stand trial and was sent to the state mental hospital for the criminally insane. He stayed there for the rest of his life. You'll see how it okay. kind of comes and goes in that part. But So once Gein was sentenced and everyone across America knew his name, a fiction writer named Robert Block used a relationship between Ed and his mother as the inspiration for a little book that came out in 1959 called Psycho, which oh, Eddie MJ. dived into earlier. The main character as mentioned by Eddie earlier was Norman Bates, was heavily inspired by Ed Gein. A year after its release, Alfred Hitchcock bought the rights and the film Psycho was born. Yep. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more similarities to Ed Gein in the book than there is like in the movie because they had to kind of um, like dumb down or not dumb down, but like kind of make norman bates's character a little more appropriate for the audience like in a book it was okay to get away with that stuff but like when you're trying to like make a movie right it wasn't so like in the book norman bates is an alcoholic and he would go into these that's when he would like go into like these fits of like being like normal when he was like on a drunk stupor and um i mentioned to uh i don't did i mention it in the podcast or did i mentioned earlier but mm-hmm. oh i think i mentioned it in the podcast where like uh in the book it's like he, he beheaded marion yes yes so yes. A lo- it's mm-hmm. a lot more violent in the book um and definitely a lot more heavily based on ed Gein. yeah 
Yeah, I like I said earlier, I had no idea Ed Gein was even this yeah. involved in Psycho. Um, but speaking of Psycho, it brought on another level of fame into Ed's worlds. Um, but despite all this name in the media, Psycho coming out, Ed didn't seem to care or show any feeling towards his new fame and the attention he was receiving. Because Which is of this. crazy because uh, you even mentioned that he loved reading like horror books mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So to like have a book actually be inspired yeah. by you. Yeah, he he was like whatever. Also, there's like a couple. Um, after Psycho was released, a couple um sequels came out yep. with Anthony Perkins, and I I want to know if they took any more of Ed Gein's stories and made because I haven't seen those. I, movies. Me either. I have no idea. I'd be interested to see. Absolutely. People in the hospital said that Ed was kind and polite and very ordinary. They always do. He worked as a carpenter and was a medical orderly in the hospital. On November 7th, 1968, 10 years after being in the state hospital, Ed was deemed capable of standing trial for the murder of Bernice, but not Mary's. Weird, but okay. Um, This is because the state thought that it would be a waste of money to prosecute him for both deaths as one sentencing was deemed enough. I mean, but that also must suck for like Mary's family because they don't get any closure. Absolutely, that sucks. Absolutely. Um, After just one week, and with Ged, with with (laughs) Gein confessing to the murder on November fourteenth, nineteen sixty-eight, Gein was charged with first-degree murder. Almost eleven years after the crime took place. Wow. Mm -hmm. Um. So you would think, with him being deemed mentally fit to stand trial, he would be sentenced to prison, or in that time frame, the electric chair. Yes, electric chair. Kill him. He was sent back to the mental hospital to live out his sentence. Mm-hmm. He sucks. did try to be released in 1974, but he was denied. I hope so. All right. Um, with the name Ed Gein fading from the headlines, thank God. Yeah. But his story was being told through other horror films like The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which obviously Leatherface. Yeah. Like, hello. Clear wearing, connections there. Mm-hmm. Shit and The Silence of the Lambs. Um, his name was still brought up in a more subtle yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Ed Gein died on July 26, 1984. He died of lung cancer at the age of 77. His body was buried in one of the cemeteries where he had previously robbed bodies from. Oh my God. Wild Tom. But in an ironic twist, his tombstone was stolen in the year <gasps> 2000. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love that yeah okay so here's a little like connection i have not really but kind of so a couple years ago i went to a museum in las vegas owned by you know show ghost adventures Mm -hmm. zach bagans bagans whatever he's Mm -hmm. called Ugh, hate that guy um in this museum there was a room that held a a cauldron that was supposedly owned by ed gein at one point that he would use to like put body parts in and stuff ew yeah so it is said and during the tour they told us this too that women in the room they would leave the room feeling nauseous or as if somebody was in the room kind of like following them did you no because that's not real no i would have felt nauseous no um the cauldron was purchased by zach for twenty eight hundred dollars the cauldron the cauldron was in his home before making its way to the museum what a crazy person but like i said i didn't feel anything when i was there did you feel scared going through that and he also has like Charles Manson's ashes there, Manson's like prison attire. There's a whole little like serial killer room and right. stuff. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I didn't feel people always like, oh, a lot of guests they leave feeling nauseous. People have left because they have to throw up. People have left. You have to sign a waiver saying that if you get possessed, you can't sue like <laughs> Zach and his crew and stuff, but it's all bullshit. Yeah, it's like, all for whatever. Like, it adds to 
the marketing of it exactly but it was interesting not gonna lie yeah i would love to do that it was it was very interesting but um yeah that is the story of mr ed that's crazy wait did they ever find out who stole his body so his body's just gone no his tombstone oh his tomb i mean did they ever find who stole his tombstone Mm -mm. so someone just has that tombstone Mm -hmm. caitlin i would not be surprised so we have our guest no that's that's scary right that was crazy that's an ugly one very ugly yeah but that was that y'all love that Mm -hmm. mr ed geens aka norman bates norman bates yeah well that was fun it was cute so i mean it's a heavy episode we talked about a lot today Mm -hmm. so i thought we could end it with just a little fun as always a little fun little quiz let's do it um this will be for caitlin i'm (laughs) this will be for jen okay <laughs> sorry okay bye <laughs> bye girl okay so i couldn't find any like quizzes like on psycho specifically okay no problem so this one is which bates motel character are you Ooh, we briefly talked about it bates motel uh is a spin-off series mm-hmm. uh a prequel to psycho and it the show takes place like um like revolves around the events that lead up to um the psycho that yes. we see in the movie which is okay again if you haven't seen that show it's fantastic agreed okay so what was your favorite subject in high school was it algebra biology english chemistry art history spanish gym lunch or drama english english what is Oh, it's a little problematic. What's your spirit animal? Is it hawk, wolf, platypus, dog, slow loris? I don't know what that is. Manatee, dolphin, red panda, or velociraptor? Something in the ocean for sure. I guess a dolphin. That's cute. I mean, I guess. (laughs) That's me. If you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, which would it be? Gone with the Wind psycho inception finding neverland girl interrupted oh. la confidential 10 things i hate about you mommy dearest or the godfather girl interrupted for yeah. our girl Brittany murphy girl pour one out okay how do you like to spend your free time is it collecting stamps duh <laughs> <laughs> okay it's very random cleaning what free time studying Community theater, Facebook stalking my friends, lifting bro, oh. plotting my revenge. Um, oh, and horticulture. What? Um, Is that the plants? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That, what free time, I guess. Choose a weapon for the zombie apocalypse. Would you use a kitchen knife, a flamethrower, a shotgun, a pistol, my bare hands, a baseball bat? Oh, very Harley Quinn. Ooh. None. I've been dying to become a zombie. Ooh. Rocket launcher or a scythe? It would be stupid if I didn't say baseball bat because of yeah. Miss Harley Quinn. So we're going to go with baseball bat. What's your drug of choice? Oh, no. <laughs> None. I'm straight edge. Marijuana, aspirin, neosporin, mm. emodium, sriracha, <laughs> caffeine, wine, or Sour Patch Kids? Mm, we're going to go with Sour Patch Kids. Oh, I thought you were going to choose sriracha. I should have fake. You know what? Sriracha. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't mean to be manipulating your... No, you're right. It's very on brand for me. It's Friday night. Where are you? Making new friends at a party. Oh, <laughs> milkshakes with the girls. <laughs> 
<laughs> romantic drinks, catching up on my Netflix, finding new hobbies, hanging with my bros, hitting up the bars, out dancing, catching up on a good book. Netflix. Mm-hmm. And your friends would describe you as oh. evil, promiscuous, endearing, absolutely out of your mind, the hot one. I don't have any friends. Creepy, outrageous, or introverted. You pick. I would say you're the hot one. Okay, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Which type of selfie are you? Ugh. Hashtag after sex. <laughs> Hashtag well, Sunday morning selfie. Hashtag sad selfie. Hashtag gym selfie. Hashtag pet selfie. Hashtag bay caught me sleeping selfie. <laughs> hashtag duck face selfie. Hashtag bathroom selfie. Or hashtag celebrity selfie. Pet selfie. For sure. And what's your worst fear? Is it being murdered? Rotting in jail? Loneliness? Being burned alive? A disease? Failure? Being buried alive? Drunk? Drowning or going to hell. These are pretty good fears. Um, being murdered, I guess. That's a pretty ugly. Yeah. Oh, bitch. Oh, bitch. No, we're not ready. Okay. So, Jennifer Proles, what Bates Motel character are you? Mm. You're the man of the hour. You're Mr. Norman Bates himself. What does that mean? You're definitely an introvert, but you know just what to say to impress the ladies. Okay. (laughs) You keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I mean, we are like besties. Okay, whatever. Okay. (laughs) You love your mom, maybe even a little too much, and have a fondness for unique hobbies. That's kind of cute. You know what? And what did I say earlier? I said, I love Norman Bates. You did. So So it's it's fitting. (gasps) Oh my God. Look at that. Wow. I could be Norma. Oh, okay. I'm in. I'm sold. Wow. Well, anyway, guys, that's another episode of, I was going to call it of of Norman and chill. Yep. That's today. That's what it is. Norman and chill. Nightmares and chill. Whatever. The episode name. Oh, that's kind of cute. Let's do it. That's Norman it. and chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where can they follow you, Jen? You can follow me on Instagram at Jennifer X Parole. Where can they follow us, this podcast? On Instagram at Nightmares and Chill. On Twitter at Nightmares Chill. Mm-hmm. And then you can email us at Nightmares and Chill at gmail.com. Yeah. Email us if maybe you have like a product that you want us to talk about. A request for an episode. A request for an episode. Um, if there's a movie that you want to hear or a true crime that you're dying for us to, you know, talk about, mm-hmm. let us know. We are open to all of it. You can follow me everywhere at Disnerd Eddie. And yeah, and, and then, our OnlyFans is up and active oh as well. God, almost. We'll we'll maybe we'll save that. Okay. And then tune in um for episode ten. It's gonna be a it's little. It's gonna be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Well, we won't say much, but it's definitely gonna yeah. be a little interesting, freaky. We got a lot of things coming your way. Yep. Okay, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.